Did you know nearly over 800,000 deaths per year is due to suicide? That's one death every 40 seconds. And guess what? I could have been one of them. And I know you're thinking, not her, not how confident she is, not how she helps others, the way she carries herself. But to tell you the truth, I'm a person who has struggled with depression and anxiety for years. I thought when I was going through that moment, it was easier just to end it all so I wouldn't be a burden. But I'm glad I didn't because God had other plans. If you or someone you know is struggling with depression or suicide thoughts, please reach out for help, I beg you. Please, because ending it all isn't the answer. There's people out there that's willing to help you. And it's difficult for me to say it, to admit it, if I can hear today to help anybody, please just reach out for help. I promise you there's light at the end of the tunnel. This is a Anything Goes podcast production. This is a Anything Goes podcast production. Okay, okay, okay. You guys know it's Goddess Legend, uh, the journey of the soul sister. Okay, so I gotta give my disclaimer. This is another episode. Thank you for coming back and just hearing different parts of my journey, different things of me. Um, My introduction every week will be different. So because I just never know what part I'm going to open up in my book. For those of you who are following me on social media platforms, or you're just new listening to me, all that will be linked in the description. Also, for those who don't know, I am a published author. I had published one of my first autobiographies. Well, it's a series. It's called, thank you, The Journey of a Soul Sister, Part 1, The Birth of a Caterpillar. And this book took me about two years to write. And I knew it was time to tell my story. I'm a firm believer that everyone should share their story. So my disclaimer for this episode is it's not going to be an easy one to hear. And if I always make things so bubbly or so funny or things like that, then I'm not really being myself. I'm not being transparent. I'm not really walking you through a journey and not sharing those dark things about me. It's very hard to do that. Trust me. You guys can hear it in my voice. I'm kind of getting like broken up and nervous a little bit because even though I wrote about it, even though I experienced it, now I'm talking about it. That's the difference. And it's something we don't talk about often, especially in the black community, especially among women. But we all go through these things. So that's my disclaimer. I just wanted to let you know that this will not be an easy episode. Okay, so you heard that song like in between like a little break. You're like, what is legend playing for us? So it's a song called Hold On by Wilson Phillips. It's these three uh, Caucasian women who had a song back in the 90s or it might be late 80s. I need to really look that up. I think my, you know, engineer producer got this part. 
1990. Wow. Ooh, and it is 2022, you guys. And that song hits like no tomorrow. 1990, I was so young. I ain't about to tell y'all my age. If you don't already know, I'm just letting you know, but I'm old enough. Um, I got a 30 and over club <laughs> card. <laughs> but um, I'm joking because I'm really nervous. But back to the song. That song described that no matter who you are, race, creed, color, sex, everyone has those days where you don't want to hold on anymore. We allow other people and other situations take our power away from us that we really truly have deep and good power within us that we can just explode and we can change any situation with our mind. But let's be real with all today's society and pressures and things that we have to juggle at one time. And we're carrying the load, not just of one person, but multiple people. And it's unfair. And we never know when to stop. Some people just keep going, 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 going. So they don't have to deal. But then when you do slow down, and you stop, and then you're forced to sit with your thoughts, man, that's the worst war ever. That's the worst beef ever to sit with your thoughts, like to actually process everything that's ever happened to you or what you're currently going through. You're like, I don't want to deal with this right now. If you can put it off, I think all of us do that if we can put something off. But to sit there and have to figure it out and no one else can fix it but you, that's a war in itself that I don't wish on anyone. But we all go through it. And some of us don't make it out of it. Some of us allow our thoughts to consume and control our actions and what we end up doing next. So with that being said, we end up hurting other people in the process. Or even worse, we hurt ourselves. And when I say hurt ourselves, I mean we take drugs to numb the pain. We drink alcohol to numb the pain. We have uncontrollable sex to numb the pain. We fight other people to numb the pain so we can inflict pain on others. Some people even go out and kill people because they're hurting. Doesn't make it right. But on some level, you have to understand, which causes another thing is mental health. And how do we take care of our mental health? How do we take care of ourselves? A lot of us, we go get our nails done, we go get our hair done, we go get a body massage, and we, we're fixing everything on the outside. But what are we doing to fix us on in the inside? Because if your insides ain't right, who cares what you look like on the outside? Because let me tell you something, you can always tell a fake, no matter how hard you try to dress it up. It might seem deceiving at first, but you get on it close enough, you know it's a fake. So why try to fake for yourself? Are you faking it so you believe it? Or should you sit down and actually work through it so you can become what you're trying to portray for others on the outside? So I say all of this in my book. There is chapters that I do talk about how I try to harm myself, how I tried to commit suicide. Yes, you heard me say it. Legend tried to kill herself multiple times. Not once, not twice. And I know you're like, what? And for those who turn their nose down to people who kill themselves or like why they just ain't asked for help or why would they do this? Well, when you're in that moment, you don't know how to ask for help. When you're in that moment and you are wrestling with your thoughts and you think it would just be easy if you just weren't here, 
because you don't have to deal. I didn't sign up for half of the shit that was put on me, but I knew I had to get through it. But other people don't see it. And then when I say other people, I'm even talking about children. Because why most of us are fucked up (laughs) in the head is because of things that happened to us as kids. Because of the generational trauma that has been passed down. And they didn't know how to deal with it. They didn't know how to deal with it. The things that we saw, the neighborhoods we lived in, or even just the interaction with our parents. Or not even having a parent. That plays a big factor. That's why some kids become bullies and they go to school and do things because they're just mimicking behavior that they've already saw. But who am I? I'm not a licensed therapist, right? No, but I'm a woman who's been on a journey. I'm a woman who's lived the experience. I'm a woman who can see when someone is hurting without them even telling me. And you know how? Because people who've been in that same space can identify what they see. And that's how you can relate. So I have a chapter, it's called Crying Never Solves Anything. And to be 100% transparent, it's hard for me to cry. (laughs) I mean, it is very hard for me to cry. And that was because psychological things that happened to me as a kid, where my father would say, I'm not raising no weak bitches. Excuse my French for those who don't like that I cuss, but I do cuss. And what are you crying for? Crying don't solve anything. So he would do things deliberately to show you, hey, you're crying, but did it solve your problem? So if you're going to sit here and cry about it and not do nothing to fix it, then why? That shows that you're weak because it didn't change. Your outcome, your decision did not change. So for a while, I was like, dang, but I got tears. Like, that's what they're for. Like, hello, I feel this emotion. It is hurting. What you're doing to me is hurting. The living situations that we are in, everything that we're going through hurts. However, he wasn't trying to hear that. So we hear it for our young men and our young boys. What you crying for? Shut that shit up. You a man. But is they really? Are they really a boy? We're telling them not to cry. So you're telling them not to have a human emotion that we all have, which causes anger, buildup, stress, doubting of themselves, women or men. And we turn around and we tend to do things that hurt ourselves. My earliest memory of me trying to commit suicide, I was seven years old. Seven I talk about it in my book, and I'm very transparent. Do not think because your child is young, they don't know what is going on. Do not think that their emotions are not valid and the things that are going on in their brain, especially if they have been introduced to some type of trauma. Please, 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 this is my plea. Talk to your kids, figure out what's going on, and if you can get them out of that situation, please do. I know it's harder And it's easier said than done because I know because I was a living witness of it. But if you can plan your way out because you can get out. Doesn't matter what you're in. You can and you have to hold on for another day. So we had literally had a big fight in the house. I was over it. It's no um, secret. I grew up in an abusive child home. 
drugs, all of those things. And I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. You know, every day you're seeing your mother get beat on. Um, you see your father get high. Then one minute they're all happy. And then the next minute it's all down. You hear the way that people are talking to each other. You're getting beat for no reason. You're getting tied to banisters and whipped because you couldn't sit still and watch the Ten Commandments. Like there's things that happen to people. And this morning I was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. So I sat back and I was like, today is the day. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to do it. And I didn't know how. I just knew I was. So we got together in the morning, got dressed, went. My mother and my father always dropped us off in the morning to the daycare, before care, before school. As we were riding on the highway to go, I jumped out the van. And I just wanted cars to hit me and kill me. But guess what? No car hit me. You talking about I was pissed? (laughs) I was pissed. Right? They pull over. They grab me in the car. You know, of course, I'm crying and I'm hurting. I'm screaming. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, but I'm still alive at the same time. And my mother and my father, they're like, why? What am I God? What did you do? Like, why did you do this? Blah, blah, blah. And I was just crying. Right. And then just staring and still in shock because I'm like, why am I alive? I jumped. I opened the van door. I literally slid it open and I jumped out like take me. I'm on a highway. Kill me. Hello. No, that didn't happen. So we go to the hospital. A doctor tried to talk to me and I didn't say anything because I knew like it wasn't going to help my situation because previous before then when I was going to school, And I was writing on my paperwork, I want to die. I want to kill myself. I want to do all these things. I'm in elementary school. They get social service involved. They look at your body. They do all crazy stuff to you just to check, to make sure. And they come to my house. And my mother says, if you want me to die, you'll be the reason why I die. Tell them that you made it up. Because your father is going to kill me um, soon as they take you off from the home, basically. You don't tell a six, seven-year-old child, something like that. So, of course, I say I lied. I was just mad because they punished me. But in all actuality, I didn't lie. It was the truth. It really was the truth. They didn't say they were going to come back and check. So I knew right then and there asking for help was pointless. So if I go and tell a doctor this, I don't want to be the reason why my father kills my mother. I don't want to go through this. So I just told them I don't know why I jumped out. I just did. And they kept saying, are you sure? And he brought all these different people in the room. And I said, I don't know. (laughs) Like, I just jumped out. And they let me go home. And my mother and father kept asking me, like, why would you do that? And, of course, my father said some crazy stuff. But I'm not going to repeat that. You'd have to read the book to hear what he said. Um, Well, to understand what he said. And I just was quiet. Was on mute. And then I was mad at God and my relationship with God there started like, God, why am I living? Why did you let me stay here in this hellhole when this man could kill us any day for the things that he was doing? But again, I told y'all it can start even younger than seven. So mental health is real. Suicide is real. But that was the first time. 
Let's fast forward these years later. Speed it up, speed it up, speed it up. We get into, I've had two of my kids. Or was it my third? Third. I'm homeless. I'm living in a room. Like, you got to walk through the room to get to a bathroom with three kids. I had no money. I had a child with a disability. I felt like a failure. And I got three baby daddies at this point. So something ain't right. I took, I went out and I was pregnant and I am not, I am not. I tell you guys, um, if I say I regret anything, that would be something I regret. Because a child didn't ask to be here. But when I say I drunk so much, when I say I literally was trying to throw myself down steps and I took so many pills. They pumped my stomach. Nothing was wrong with the baby. But I still was alive. Because I thought it would just be easier. I'm a failure to mother at this point. I'm not even really providing for them anymore. I'm not in the street life anymore. I'm not doing all those things. The money not coming cool. Baby daddy in jail. The oldest one running the streets doing what he want to do. I'm stuck with the responsibility. I'm homeless. How did I get to this point when I just wasn't at this point? I was really like doing big shit and, and making it. But I thought it would be easier if I don't bring a baby into this world, into this hell, because I'm not a good provider at this moment. I thought it would be easier if my other two children, maybe they can provide a home for a kid who has a disability, right? I don't know anything about a disability. I don't know what to do. I can't leave him with anybody. Like it was so much. And then my oldest son, like he has a good father side of the family. I'm a failure. This must be payback for everything that happened in life. I have no one. I have no one to help me. All I can do is help myself. After that, I was like, I got to get myself out of this situation and find a place. I was on all these antidepressants. I mean, therapy all the time. People coming to check on me. It gets real. But that was that. I ended up pulling myself out of that space. I don't know how because I wasn't really talking to therapy. The pills had me zoned out. Like, I mean, they have you zoned out. But something just kicked in me like, you got to fight. You can't do this. You can't take that way out. But that was that. That was those two. Third time, let's fast forward now. (laughs) I got four kids. Y'all heard me. Four. I think I'm in love with this guy. And he playing with me. So at this point, I say to him, I'll take you and me out of here. I'm not playing with you no more. He running around doing what he want to do, not providing. We in here beating on each other. And when I say beating on each other, I mean beating on each other, you guys. Which was also kind of like suicide in a way if you think about it. Because this man is 6'4", 280 pounds. He's whipping my ass. I was fighting him back, though, as much as I could. But he was whipping my ass. You know, where you have your eye socket broke. You have marks all around you. You looking like you 90 pounds, like you sick. It looked like I was sick. But one day I just couldn't take it anymore. And man was in the car. And he was driving. And I took the steering wheel while he was driving. And we ran into a pole. 
And I still ain't die, y'all. Still didn't die. That was the third time. Why, why, why did I think that that's always the first thing to do? Because I could not deal. I couldn't have my way with this person. I couldn't make him love me the way I knew he should have loved me. But how can I make somebody see something that's hurting just like you? He was taking medication all the time, doing pills to numb his pain from his childhood trauma. But I thought I could nurse him through that. But I never thought to nurse myself. All the things that I've been through from the first time. So we talking from the age of seven to my early 20s to my late 20s. Three times. And God didn't take me away from here. So it was a reason. Suicide is real. Mental health is real. It is really a struggle every single day when all the world pressures is coming to you right and left. I am not proud of the things that I have done, but I am grateful I survived them. I am grateful that I learned from them. These are things that I'm saying on this podcast, I haven't shared with people that are my friends. They're just hearing it for the first time. They are like, what in the world? And then some people knew, but other people turned a blind eye. So ask yourself when you don't hear from that friend for a while, or you think you disappear for a moment, do you really think they okay? Or are they just telling you they okay? Because nine times out of 10, they're not okay. But I want you all to know, if I can make it through just those little bit of things, right? That I told you about. And I know I said a little bit, but those things. And once you read my book and see other things that I've been through, you just got to hold on for one more day. You got to change the way you think, the way you see things, even if that means removing yourself from situations you never thought you would remove yourself from. Because your mental health, your happiness, your life is what matters. Nobody else I don't care if it's your kids. You say, I got to live for my kids. No, you can't live for your kids. You got to live for yourself first. Because once you live for yourself, that's just going to follow. Your kids are going to see that. That mommy or daddy really love who they are. So anybody that's out there struggling with mental health right now or suicidal thoughts, please reach out for help. Please talk to someone. Shoot, shoot me a DM. I mean, I might not answer it right away because I probably don't see it, but we can talk about it. Because it's not okay. So with that, I want to thank y'all for just listening and just hold on for one more day. This is a Anything Goes podcast production.